Good evening. So I'm going to take just a minute and do a little enhancement on the introduction, which was very nice. Um, and I appreciate that, but sometimes I think it's helpful to get an idea of who I am, and uh, maybe that will help you out a little bit. So I grew up in Kentucky. Anybody from Kentucky? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else? Okay. <laughs> I grew up in Kentucky. I always wanted to be a police officer. Uh, went in to volunteer with that while I was in high school. Went away to college in Ohio. Uh, studied sociology. Came back, got a job as a police officer, and uh, did that for about six years. Really enjoyed that. Did a lot of very interesting things. Uh, it was a very busy um, little community. Uh, by that, I mean lots of crime uh, and lots of things that needed to happen. And so I really enjoyed helping people. That was really something I, I really wanted to do. Uh, but midway through that, I began feeling that I had some abilities to do something a little bit different and maybe could make a more lasting impact on people's lives by teaching. It wasn't completely new to me. My dad was a college professor at Western Kentucky University. Um, I grew up almost on campus. I would have like, lived in the house like right here across the street from, from the university. Um, so I spent my entire life growing up around a college campus. And so I knew that was something I wanted to do and really felt the Lord leading that. So I began to go back to school while I was um, working full time, raising two kids, all that kind of stuff, and got a master's degree. and knew that if I was really serious about this, I needed to get a doctorate. So eventually moved to Louisville, and I uh, started teaching at a small Baptist college up in Louisville while I was going to school, so I never wanted to do one thing at a time. Uh, and then before we moved up there, I was driving back and forth, and the most peculiar thing happened to me one evening. I was driving back to Bowling Green, and I was listening to this audiobook on prayer. And I thought to myself, you know, I should probably quit listening about it and actually start trying to do it. Interesting challenge. So I turned it off and began to actually pray. Um, and within a few minutes, the most peculiar thing happened to me. I feel unequivocally that I was told by the Lord that I was supposed to preach. And that really bothered me. In fact, it made me upset. Um, I wasn't very happy about this idea. And I said to God, I think you've gotten this thing confused. I'm supposed to go up here and learn how to teach, not be a preacher. Well, God doesn't make a lot of mistakes. I ranged from that for a little bit. Eventually gave in. That was around 2012. And did what you might call itinerant preaching. Anybody called me, I'd go. Uh, West Virginia, Illinois, Indiana, Oregon, several times. Wherever anybody wanted, I'd go and I'd, I'd try and fill in and, and preach. And uh, did all of that, felt fully fulfilled in that, but knew after I graduated it was time to leave. And so I started looking for jobs other places. Found MTSU, came down here. They're the only ones that offered me a job. So I took it, of course. So I moved down here in 2016, and I was like, you know, this is good. I like being here, but something doesn't seem quite right. I don't really know why I'm here. You ever felt like that? Like maybe there's a bigger purpose in life? Well, about two years later, I was actually looking for a church to attend, and Taylor's Chapel was on my list. It's close to my house where I lived. We showed up on a Sunday evening. There were a few people there for a Bible study, and they said to me, hey, sorry, this is kind of awkward. We just lost our pastor. This is our first week without a pastor. And I was like, well, I'm not going to join here because who knows who they're going to get to be their pastor. Have we ever experienced this? Okay, so I said, okay, great, doesn't apply to me. Well, at the end of the service, somebody looked over and said, are you a preacher? And it, like, hit all over me, and I was like, oh, boy. And then she said, you don't have kids age such and such and such and such, which I did. And so immediately they wanted to know if I'd come back and preach. And so I said, well, why don't you we'll talk a little bit about this. And I came back a few weeks later, and been there almost five years. Found a home there. Felt like that's where the Lord wanted me to be. So the quick pre-message is that sometimes we go through our lives and we do things, and we see that there might be a purpose and a vision and a path, but 
the fullness of that comes into time later. And sometimes we're just faithful to do what God wants us to do. And sometimes he'll reveal more of that. And so I've been there ever since. Really enjoy it. It's a small, I would describe it as a country church. Um, got a few folks with me tonight. I go to church there. We'd love to have you. If you go out toward the stadium and take a right on Greenland, we're about three and a half miles out of town. Name of the road changes into Halls Hill Pike. Um, we'd love to have you come sometime. We do Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesdays. Um, and have, a, have a good time in the Lord. So I just want to make sure I invite you to the church, told you a little bit about myself. Uh, so I do teach here. I teach in the criminal justice program. Anybody else in criminal justice? It's very disappointing. Um, you may have had my wife, Amy, teaches math. All right, she'll be excited. Yes, two? She taught, she taught in high school. Uh, yeah, does dual enrollment. And PCA, yeah, excellent. Okay, so yeah, my kids go to PCA. She taught there for a while too. So she's here on campus. And the last thing I'll say, and then I'll get to the point of all this, um, you would be utterly shocked at the number of faculty on this campus who are believers. Blows my mind. In my department alone, at least 75, 80% um, are believers. My department chair is, my associate dean, the dean is. Um, You'd be really shocked. And so don't ever feel like you're completely alone on this campus. You you would be surprised how many people are here and interested in your well-being from a spiritual perspective. All right. So with that said, I want to talk to you a little bit tonight. I was asked to talk on a specific topic, which I'll try to do. Uh, Pursuing knowledge. Pursuing knowledge. So I want to talk about that for just a minute. And we begin by asking the question, like, why are you here? Why are you at a university? Why did you come to MTSU? And the answer, ultimately, at least the answer should be, not to find a spouse, not to play sport, not to have a bunch of fun, but to pursue knowledge. Right? This idea that there are people and things out there who know something that you don't know, and you're going to engage with them. You're going to come and sit for four or five or maybe six, hopefully not more than six, years, and you're going to study and you're going to learn knowledge. You're going to pursue that, and you have a goal. And the idea behind knowledge, if you go from a classical perspective, which I really like the classics, those are some very interesting topics. From a classical perspective, you can pursue knowledge in and of itself. That leaves us a little bit hollow. The reality is there are things that we pursue. There is knowledge out there, and we are tasked by our maker to go and to find out what those things are. And maybe you've never thought about that very deeply, but I challenge you to consider that and think about that tonight. So why are you here? Why are you at college? Well, to pursue knowledge, clearly. Now, you may have another goal, a job, a career, something like that, and that's fine and that's good. But ultimately, you're here for that. So I want to talk about pursuing. You know, pursuing's important. And that sounds like a, a strange word. Maybe we don't think about that word very often. Maybe we think about it in a certain context. I know I think about it in a certain context because of my background. But we all have a starting point when we pursue something. If I was to tell everyone to you know, go straight ahead, we're all facing slightly different and we'd all end up in a different place, right? So we can all try to pursue the same thing, but we don't all start with the same thing. And sometimes some of us have a more difficult time starting our pursuit than others. It may come on at different stages in life or different uh, times that we're sprinting and other times that we're walking. But it's very important to know where we're headed, right? We have to know where we're headed. And that comes into this idea also of knowledge. And knowledge is something more than just knowing something in the trivial sense. And in fact, if you look at the scripture time and time again, that word know or knowledge is in there over and over and over again. And almost every time it's talking about like an intimate knowledge, this idea that we know something 
And sometimes I'll say it, and I'll say it very deep, like I know this, right? Talking about how you know something. And there's this deep-seated knowledge that God wants us to have, both of him and for him for us. And if you look at it in the scriptures, it's both. It's two ways. We are to know him in an intimate way because he wants to know us in an intimate way. And when we stop and think about that, that's really an incredible thing because God is the God who made everything, and yet he cares about us. So he, he, whenever this world got going eight, ten thousand 10,000 years ago, whatever it was, and all the people who've come before you, and all the people who are here now, and all the people who will come later, he wants to literally know you in an intimate, deep way. He wants to be your best friend. He wants to know what you're thinking. He wants you to pursue him. He wants you to know him. And so when you read the scripture, you can read over that and say, well, know the truth. Well, that's really deep to know physically, really deep down inside to know. So knowledge is a starting point. Or I'm sorry, pursuing is a starting point, and we're going to pursue knowledge. So going back to this pursue thing, we all pursue something. You ever thought about what you pursue? Like, again, kind of deeply, ever really thought about it? You could pursue money. Now, some of us, that's a side hobby, right? We all have to have some money. Got to have a way to live. Some of us can pursue fame. We can pursue a career. We can pursue a loved one. We can pursue a family. We can pursue power. We can pursue pleasure. And I think deep down inside, we all pursue something. Does that make sense? We're all striving after something. We're all wanting something. And we really need to stop and think about sometimes what is it that we are actually pursuing? Because that's a really hard question. What are you chasing after? And then the more difficult question is, are you doing it well? Have you chosen, has God revealed to you a pursuit that he wants to put you on? And are you actually doing it well? Or are you too busy playing on the sides? Are we too busy being distracted from the one thing that God really wants us to pursue because we're playing over here? This doesn't mean we never have a life that doesn't have any fun. It doesn't mean we don't go out and enjoy the things that God has given us. But it means that he's given us a very real task. We have a limited, finite number of years, hopefully, on this earth to pursue whatever God has put in front of us to pursue. And when that's done, you're done. And the question is, what will you pursue? Are you pursuing it? And how well are you doing that? So the question that we have tonight is pursuing knowledge. And how do we make sure that we're pursuing the right thing? And this is very, very, very important that we know where to start. So let me start in Proverbs. Chapter 1, verse 7. I'm just going to read one verse. Most of Proverbs could be used for this pursuit, so feel free to make that a a daily uh, look over. Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, why do I say that? Well, in addition to the fact that it's true, it's very important, as I said, if we're going to pursue something, have a starting point absolutely critical we have a starting point, a right direction, or we're all just going to go in different directions. It's not going to work. So we have to have a goal, a starting point. And we have to be oriented towards something. And there's lots of things that the world is going to tell you are most important. There's lots of things when you go to a class, every professor, I ought to know, 
seems to think their class is the most important one. Okay, finally everybody laughs, right? Because you know that too. Like, how could you give me so much work? Well, because you have to know this. Everybody thinks that their thing is the most important. And in some ways it makes sense, right? We all have something we want to pursue and be excellent at. But the reality is, if you want to know something, if you want to know truth, if you want to pursue knowledge, that deep, intimate relationship, that knowledge of the things of the world, it has to start with God. It has to start with God. So if we go back and we think about sciences, maybe some of you are studying hard sciences, right? We get this idea that there are things in this world that are true about this world, right? Gravity works the way it does. And it doesn't really change. Okay, oxygen works the way it does, and it doesn't really change. And God put us in this amazing world for us to discover these things and then to use them to ultimately glorify him. Well, knowledge is the same way. There are truths in this world that are here, that are evident. They're self-evident, the Bible calls them, and they're here for us to discover and then to pursue after and to put into practice. Just like we learn to use gravity to give us all kinds of amazing things. We've learned to use the different gases and to break apart minerals and do all kinds of things to build and create wonderful things. God has set truth and knowledge in front of us and said, go use, master, and pursue excellency in what I ask you to do. And so we have all the tools, but it has to start with this knowledge of God. And I think this is really fundamental. It's not saying that you can never do something good or nice without God. But if you really want to be successful... You have to start with the knowledge of God. And the Bible calls this fear. We're not talking about fear as in like shaking and trembling fear. We're talking about an awe and respect. An awe and respect for the one who made the world. An awe and respect for the one who uh, causes everything to happen. An awe and respect for the one who is all things at all times and at all ways. And when we think about that, it should be our starting point for our search and our journey and our pursuit of knowledge. We have to make sure that we're following after him. Now, let me real quick discuss two things we can't do. There's a lot of misconceptions in the world today, and there have been for a long time, so this is really nothing new, but it seems to be more common, that you can get truth or knowledge just anywhere you want to. How many of you have heard the phrase, or I hope you never have used the phrase, well, let's hear the phrase, it's not my truth. Well, this is silliness. There is truth. There's fundamental, absolute truth, just like there's gravity, just like there's oxygen, just like there's elements. And to say that, well, my truth isn't your truth. No, that's your agreeing with something. And we can have disagreements. Absolutely, all day long, we can have disagreements. But what doesn't change is truth. What doesn't change is knowledge. And the beginning of that truth and knowledge is what? Is the Lord. It's the fear of the Lord. It's recognizing he is who he is. So this whole my truth thing is a little silly. And on that, I want to just read one verse in Jeremiah 17 and 9. It says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? It's very easy, especially younger, for us to trust ourselves. That's not always a good idea. And you'll find that out if you haven't already, that you'll make the wrong decision. You'll want something so bad you do something you shouldn't to get it. Or you'll want to avoid something so much that you'll do something you shouldn't to avoid it. Right? The heart, who we are internally, is wicked. Now, where do you ever hear this but like church? Right? Well, all you have to do is look on the TV at news at night, and you're going to learn it really quick. We're all wicked. We're all evil. We're all going to do whatever it is that we want to do. And so we must be very, very careful. We talk about pursuing knowledge. 
to make sure that that knowledge we pursue is the Lord. Because if we pursue what our heart wants, it's going to mess us up every single time. And so if you want to be able to follow your heart, so to speak, then you want to make sure your heart is following the Lord. That's the starting point. Again, that's the orientation. That's the direction that we're going to pursue. So be very, very careful about just following whatever your heart says. What about leaders? Surely you can trust leaders, right? You have some great leaders here at BCM. I lead the church. Think I'm always right? Who said no? Now you're right. I'm not always right. We must be careful and wise about who we follow as leaders. Scripture warns us of this. Jesus himself says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You see, people will come your entire life, and they're going to tell you things that sound really, really good. But beware. Because what they tell you may not be the right thing. And if you follow after them without following the Lord first, you're going to end up following blindly. And you're going to find out that this person, this uh, personality, or whoever it is that you're following after, that you put all your trust in, that you uh, sometimes, maybe it's a family member, you even love them, um, and, and you follow this person, you're devoted to this person, only to find out, well, first of all, they're going to disappoint you, because that's the way we all are. But second of all, you might be following after somebody who inwardly is a wolf, but outwardly looks like sheep. And maybe you're not as familiar with that concept. Uh, Christ calls us sheep all the time. And that's a really good analogy, because sheep are herd animals, and they're not very smart. Kind of like us. But this idea that you can have someone who sneaks into the, in with all the sheep, looks like a sheep, but inside is a wolf. We've seen fables about this if you were a kid, read books about it, things like this. So we have to be absolutely diligent when we pursue knowledge to make sure that we're pursuing and following the Lord first and not someone else. Not a leader, not a man. You can follow after leaders. Those things are great, but be careful. And whatever you do, make sure that you know the scriptural truth to make sure that they're on target. And if they're not, you shouldn't follow them. So you can't just say, there is no such thing as truth. I'm going to do whatever I want to. You can't trust your heart. And you can't trust other people. Well, what's left? What's left is God. That's why he's the starting point. That's why at the beginning of all this, we said the beginning is to fear God, is how you get knowledge. And so if you want to pursue something in your life, then you have to start in the right way. True knowledge comes from God. Colossians 2, 2 through 4. I'm going to read a couple of those verses. Colossians 2, 2 through 4. This is Paul writing a letter. Real quick, let me explain it, because I'm going to pick up midway sentence. This is Paul writing a letter to the, the church in Colossae. And he says... And, verse 2 of chapter 2, that their heart may be encouraged, be knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. And so through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul is recording for us the importance and some fundamental truths. If the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge, Paul is saying that Jesus Christ is the source of knowledge. This is fundamentally important. Jesus Christ is more than a good teacher or more than a good man. He, in fact, claimed to be God and, in fact, was God. And a good man would never lie to you about that, would he? 
And so we have Paul here reminding us that knowledge of God's mystery, which is in Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You want to be really wise? Seek the Lord. You want to have really good knowledge about what you should do in circumstances? Seek the Lord. You want to know which direction to pursue? Then know the Lord. And when I say no, I'm going back to that phrase I mentioned before. This is more than just a I know. This is I know. This is something changed inside of me. That I know the Lord and I know who he is. I know how he talks. I know what he says. And I know, even though I'm not going to do it perfectly, I'm going to try to follow after him. This is a deep knowledge. And this is the knowledge that he gives. And it doesn't mean that it'll always be easy. I mess it up a lot. I mentioned in the intro, I applied to a couple of schools. I thought for sure I had a nice job in Tampa. I mean, I got done. It was a two-day interview. I got in with the first day, called my wife. I'm back to the hotel room. I was like, baby, we're moving to Tampa. <laughs> nope. Wasn't to be. Here was to be. And I didn't know why for at least two years. But I knew God said no to that and yes to this. There was another job I'd applied for in northern Indiana, small Christian college. Well, it was fairly large. And I was up in Indianapolis preaching one weekend. And I said to my wife, I said, let's drive up there and see the campus. So we drove up there, beautiful campus, first rate, really, really nice facilities and everything. Drove around campus the moment my car left. I was like, I can't come here. Because I knew from the Lord was telling me no. I don't know why. I think I know why now. I didn't know why then. You know what I did a week later? I called him up on the phone and said, yeah, you're the only Christian school I've applied to, and you're the only ones who may understand this, but I can't come interview. She's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. That is the knowledge that God wants us to have. I don't do it perfectly every time. I make mistakes. I quit a job too early once. It's a whole other story. And as soon as I did it, I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Anybody ever been there? But listen, pursuing the Lord, the fear of him and the knowledge that he wants to give you is absolutely essential and vital. And he is the source of all wisdom and knowledge. And if you want wisdom, God says to ask for it. And who are you going to get it from? From Jesus Christ. That's who you have to pursue. And then lastly, in verse 4, it says, I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. Whether people really think through their lies or think through what they say, it's a good question. A lot of people just say things, repeat things. You do the same thing. I do too. We hear things, we repeat them, we say them. But we have to be very careful we're not fooled into thinking something, especially if it's something we want really bad. You ever had that happen to you? You ever wanted something really bad and then somebody kind of comes along and maybe they don't even know the circumstances, but they kind of whisper an encouragement to your ear and you're like, ah, yeah, see? It can get you into trouble. We can't be deluded into going outside of what God wants us to do. We have to pursue his knowledge and do the things that he wants us to do. But as I mentioned at the beginning, we can pursue empty knowledge. And what do I mean by that? Well, you can go about your life and be the best pilot. Where my pilot go? Or a couple of pilots. There you are. You can go about your life knowing all about soil science. You can go about your life being the best physical therapist. And you can pursue that, and you can pursue that, and you can pursue that. But in the end, the wisest man who ever lived said, you know what? That's not enough. King Solomon in Ecclesiastes, he said, Then I applied myself to understanding of wisdom, but I learned that this too is chasing after the wind. 
Your version may say vanity. Maybe you've heard that before. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow, and more the knowledge, the more the grief. See, there's two kinds of knowledge. There's worldly knowledge, and those things are necessary. We need people. You're in school to learn that. To learn a skill, to do something for someone else, to earn an income, etc. We need to do that, and you need to be very good at it. Excellency is what keeps coming to my mind the last couple of months. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it and be excellent at it. Solomon also said that. But the point is there's also spiritual knowledge, and that's where it becomes really important. Because you can be the wisest, most learned man in the world, and if you don't have spiritual knowledge, you've missed the point. You've missed the point. And so while you're here at a university, while you're studying to gain the worldly knowledge, you need to go out and fulfill whatever career that you think you need to do. Do not skip out on the spiritual knowledge that you have to have. You have to have that as a basis. 1 Timothy 6.20 says, Turn away from godless chatter and the oppressing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and in doing so have wandered away from the faith. We can get really smart for ourselves sometimes. But you know what? As deep as God is, he's very simple. I remember years ago, they just elected me pastor. I have no training in this whatsoever. I didn't go to seminary. I had no idea what I was doing. I was in this little church all by myself. And I was sitting in the front pew. And I thought, what am I supposed to do next? I was completely flabbergasted. I was like, I don't, even know, I don't even know what to do. And the most amazing thing that came over me, and it still echoes true today, I really felt the Lord spoke to me. He said, just love Jesus. That's all I have to do. And that's all you have to do too. There's no uh, Gnostic magic formula. There's no chant you have to do. It's not like you have to read the Bible 12 times, and once you do that, you're good. Right? You don't have to be able to, to memorize so many passages. The point is to know Jesus Christ and who he is. And when you know that, deep down inside know it, and you begin to explore who he is, and you let him reach into your life and show you who you are and who you should be, then you will begin to start making the wise and the right decisions and pursuing things in the future. So first things first is absolutely and fundamentally to know him. So I want to come to a conclusion and ask a couple of questions. Those who attend my church know I do this a lot. I do a lot when I teach too. What are you pursuing? Sincerely, what are you pursuing? For some of you, it could be multiple things, and that can be fine. But what are you pursuing? And the really hard question is, how are you doing so far? How's that pursuit going? How's that pursuit going? The last question is, do you really know him? Do you really have the beginning of that knowledge that he wants you to have so bad? And the reason I tried to distinguish a little bit between just saying I know something and I know something like deep down in my bones is because the reality that I feel, I believe the scripture has revealed, and I believe God has revealed in my life, and I've seen it over and over again in other people's lives, is there is more to knowing who Jesus Christ is than repeating a prayer or raising a hand. There is a knowledge that comes from pursuing him. There is a point in your life when God will change it. 
You are a new creature, a new creation. And if God hasn't changed your life yet, that's where you have to start. Because there's nothing you can do on the outside to work hard enough to, as I said, memorize enough scriptures or go on enough mission trips. Those things are good. You ought to do those. Where did I find God? On a mission field. I thought I was saved. And I was out telling people how to know Jesus. I didn't know what I was talking about. But God saved me that night. I knew a lot of scripture, but I know a lot more now. I was doing all the right things that I should have done, but God had never truly, truly spoken in my life. Or let me rephrase that. God had spoken in my life a number of times. I'd never truly responded. I never truly believed him. I never truly wanted to love him first, to pursue him. And that night on my knees after a service, I realized I'd missed the entire point of life. And it literally brought me to my knees and I literally cried out to him and apologized and said, God, I'm sorry for having missed the whole point. And I remember sitting there thinking, why am I even saying this? It's because I never really truly sought him. And that was the moment that he changed my life. That was the moment that I looked back on when I was 18 and I stood up from there outside this little chapel and I was a different person. And it took me a while to figure out what had happened to me. It really did. But looking back, I know exactly what it was. God saved my soul. God saved me. He pardoned me. He took away my sin. And he said, okay, now go do this. Pursue me this way. And you know what I've done the rest of my life? I've walked about like this. But I'm trying to go the right direction. You're never going to get there perfectly. But you have to pursue the one who has all knowledge. All peace, all truth, all joy, in all circumstances. So I don't know what you're pursuing tonight. Maybe it's a relationship with someone else. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a degree. Maybe it's money. Some of these things can be good or bad. But don't neglect pursuing God in a spiritual way. Or you'll wake up one day kind of like, the king in Ecclesiastes and go, that all this and it doesn't matter. And you will have wasted your life. And you will have wasted the opportunity you had to know the one who made you and who made the world. That's a beautiful opportunity. Bow your heads and pray with me for a minute. Lord, I'm thankful. Lord, I'm thankful for each and every one who's here. Lord, I'm thankful that you are here. Lord, I'm thankful that you are truth, that you are knowledge, and that by fearing you, by respecting you, by serving you, by reverently coming before you and seeking you, you will save me. You will put something inside of me that is part of you. Lord, you will change the very nature of who I am, and you will put me on a path. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here tonight who has never experienced that, Lord, that you would reach down and touch them. Lord, that you would convict them of the things that they've done that are wrong. Lord, that you would bring them to you and you would help them, Lord, to confess and seek you. Whether that's for the first time so they can put their faith in you and know and be put on the right path. Or, Lord, maybe there are many here tonight who are saying, look, I have pursued pleasure 
I've been too busy pursuing knowledge of the world to notice the knowledge that is of you and spiritual. I've been too busy pursuing another person and I failed to actually pursue you. Lord, remind us, Lord, that the beginning of all of this is the fear of you. Help us to honor you. Help us to seek you in all that we do. Lord, I pray that you have put us on the right path. Lord, we all have a whole, a desire to pursue something. May you help us to pursue you. Lord, the scripture clearly teaches that all these other things will be added unto us. All these things that we worry about and think about, the scripture says, you know, our heavenly father knows that we need these things. And so let us not leave the college with just a piece of paper. But let us leave having pursued you and having come closer to finding you. I pray over all this in your name. Amen.